Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Barbed Wire Bite. I am here always with your host, Pitbull number one, Mr. Gary Wolf. Yeah, what's happening, guys? And I just want to do a quick uh, rest in peace, Bill. I'm looking it up because I'm not good at names. Pomarino, Pomarino, P A L M A R I N O. Big ECW fan, always was a big supporter of the show. Uh, ECW fan since he was a little kid. Uh, passed away last week, uh, 37 years old, I believe, too much too soon. Just wanted to shout out to him and his family, yeah. always supporting us. I believe his mom had a lot to do with the company. Yeah. I think they used to help with merchandise and stuff like that, like you were saying. It's a shame. You're 37, young girl. Yeah, it's it's funny when you're like, you know, 16, 17, and you think like 40s old. Now when you're in your upper 40s, you think 60s young. It's kind of odd how that goes. So different, bro. People, kids don't have no idea what the, you know what I mean? When I was in my 20s, I was worried about being 30s. I couldn't yeah. believe how cool the 30s. When I was in my 30s, it was awesome. Shit, man. We're talking about early, late 80s, early 90s. It's fucking awesome. Bro. And then I didn't think I didn't think I'd make it to 50. Yeah, I don't think there were many times I didn't think either. I mean, honestly, I mean, we used to live by the code, you know. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. What was public enemy? What did they always say? We're not afraid of living, or we're not afraid of dying. We're afraid of living, and then he goes. Yeah, like that. <laughs> one of their other quotes was A to Z, baby. Because we'd be like, "What are you doing, man? What's wrong, Johnny?" And he's like, "Man, A to Z, baby." <laughs> I'm I like, "What are you guys. I'm like, "What are you taking?" He's like, "A to Z." I'm like, "Oh boy." No, I gotta say. Because, you know, ECW, I, I got to ask your opinion here because it's been bothering me since yesterday. AEW, I love AEW. I'm not knocking them. Moxley, I love John Moxley. Not knocking him either. Went to re alcohol rehab. Good for him. Comes back yesterday and some guy in the crowd, you know, the whole crowd got silent for him. And some guy in the crowd, I had to hear it a bunch of times, says, hey, go get another drink out of the fridge. And he had the good response. He's like, fuck you, piece of shit. Get him out of here. Perfect. But then he went, get him out of here. And they escorted the guy, threw him out. 30 seconds into the show, they throw him out. Two weeks beforehand, somebody's got a sign that says, Nyla Rose is this guy's dad. They throw him out. What the fuck? We used to hold up American flags when Volkov and the Sheik were there. Or ECW. People were, you know, the worst, filthy. Nobody had, had you got hurt. Were, were, is it, was ECW the first company to have signs? Oh, yeah, but I remember people with Shannon Francine, like, she's a crack whore. She has herpes. Oh, yeah. But they should be able to do that. They bought their ticket. It's the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Why Here's is they going to kick these people out? It's bullshit. No. This is what I think. This is how I thought when I was working in the business, NECW. They worked 40 hours, 50 hours a week. They bought a ticket to come and see me and Anthony work, whoever we're working, and we're going to put a show on for them. And I like to go in there and rip them a new ass right off the bat. If I fucking see somebody that you can tell, you know, he's, you know, fucking pissed or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm going to go instigate that motherfucker because I want him to let all the steam out of his body. So when he leaves that night, he's going to be like, Man, that was a hell of a show. I feel fucking drained because they brought, they got me involved. You know, I would tell guys, lift, hold the chair up and throw, throw the guy's head into the chair or hand me a chair or hand me a weapon, you know, or anything. I mean, the fans, I tried to bring them in it. You know, I want them in it. Moxie got a guy in it. I'm okay. He was breaking his balls about something, but get over it. You're not the only person that's been in rehab. I mean, come oh, on. I mean, I don't, that, even think, I don't even think I don't even think he gave a fuck. I just I don't know why. He, I don't. I think he just said throw him the fuck out, not thinking that he would throw him out, and they really did throw him the fuck out. I mean, knowing Moxie, he wouldn't. Why, why throw him out? You know, like you said, he paid a ticket. You know, fuck it. I mean, I've had guys 
I'd work for $75 a night down in North Carolina, and I'd have people rip me new assholes every single night, man. And I was making 75 bucks a night. But, uh, but that's what I, I was about. I was a heel. That was my job was to make people fucking yell at me, hate me, which is easy, you know? It right, seems it like these new, these new guys, especially these AEW guys, they don't have no, no, no thick skin. They got no skin. And the slightest yeah. thing makes them, they get their feelings hurt. And how many of them do you read? Oh, well, you know, Cody Rhodes got tired of people insulting him. So he quit the Twitter. Jesus Christ, you're in the public eye. People are going to insult you. Dude, like I said, we didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones with cameras. We, didn't, we had beepers and pagers and shit. I had a page. And we didn't, and we didn't have over-sensitive pussies that are out there, okay? Uh, I mean, there's some people that are, you know, they're the computer bullies. They sit behind a computer and they're the toughest motherfuckers in the world. But God forbid, you know what I mean? You see them out in the street, they're two different people. You know what I mean? I don't have to fucking say anything. Uh, I want people to fucking hate me. I had a chick in, in, when I was in North Carolina. I remember we did a gimmick. I was in the ring with Kenny. It was me and Anthony against Ken Shamrock and Kataka, who was Chris Shavis. We were making them guys look like fucking superstars. I mean, I would do the front, like the Rick Rude. I would take the front bump, the back bump. I'm rocking and rolling, you know, then the clothesline over the top rope. And I'm holding my back. I had my partner come over, rub my back. I'd go up to an old lady in the audience and be like begging her, please rub my back, my ass, my ass. I had the bitch get up and kick me in the fucking ass. The place popped. I had a whole place in North Carolina calling me Eddie Munster because I had short, I had black hair. I was still young. I had short hair. It was growing. We had mullets, I guess, at that time. And the whole place was chant, Eddie, Eddie. I remember it was an eight-man tag match. I remember just crawling into an opposite corner and just covering my head like this. And just selling it. And they were just calling me Eddie, Eddie, Eddie for at least 15, 20 minutes. And then I would stop and tag out. And we were stone heels, man. I didn't care. I want you to fucking, I want you to enjoy yourself and, you know, get all that stress out that you would beat your, you know, you, instead of kicking your boss's ass, you know what I mean? Hand me a frying pan or a, a, can, a, a cupcake sheet or something they used to always bring. All kinds of shit. I like man. the kayak work. The kayak was crazy. That's I don't my know. Favorite. The keyboards were great too. When you bust them, they're funny because they shatter all over the place like dominoes and shit, man. It's cool. What'd you think of last week when the acclaimed did that rap video about Sting and Darby? I remember because he hit him with the keyboard. He was dressed up like Darby and he had that guy dressed. I thought this was the one week I was like, because Darby's my favorite. I make no shame of men, but it was like, do I want to boo Darby this week because the acclaim were so good, but I, I didn't boo Darby, but the acclaim was waiting for Darby. push. I was waiting for, I love the promo because there's like an ECW promo. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if you watched the old Dudley's promos oh, yeah. with their cars and shit because they didn't know how to drive. It was fucking hilarious, but they would do stuff like that. You know, we, we did stuff at junkyards and, I remember Paul would just say, come to New York. And he would take us to a gym, videotape us, videotape us in a sauna, all crazy. Like he'd have a, ha a heavy bag hanging in this one building. He'd be like, run and jump on it, just grab it, like tackle it. And I'd be on there like a dog. <laughs> he, he would do vignettes like that, especially that Pulp Fiction gimmick when he started doing that. It was, he would always add videos. And I mean, he put that one video, music video together uh, but the Pitbulls and uh, I think it was uh, Axel and Ian Rotten with the uh, Thunder Kiss, which was cool. Yeah. You know? Because that was cool about ECW. You know, you, not only did you get to watch cool wrestling, you got to listen to cool music. You know, that's why I like AEW. I mean, they're letting them use their music, legit music, you know, which is fucking awesome, man. And they're paying for it, but 
it just makes the it just makes it so much better. And I'm glad I didn't have to hear CM Punk come out and cut a promo. He just came out and worked. <laughs> yeah, for what five seconds? Yeah, it wasn't long. But yeah, it was funny. They're saving him and MJF for that pay-per-view. They're going to make you pay for that, which they should. That's what they should do. Don't be like WWF and give shit for free. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I hate that. I'd rather build it up, build it up like they're doing. You know what I mean? How long has this been now? now? Well, over a month, and I think you still got a good month before the show. And MJF has to go over. Punk has got to lose. Punk and Adam Cole cannot go over every. Fuck, I'm sick of both of them winning week after week. Well, they could win against the nobodies. Who cares? But when or it comes to like, the job every if week, you're build, if you're going to build MJF, if you're going to build MJF, you got to give him one. I think yeah. he'll be your next champion. I think he'll be probably. The it ain't going to be fucking exactly. um, what's his name, uh, Lance Archer. It ain't going to fucking be him. Yeah, I don't know as far as well, Darby to what they're doing. I was waiting for him to do the Spirit of 76 last night. Come out, you know, with the head wrapped, the blood, you know, makes the save, you know what I'm saying? But he waited, wait, I think he waited way too long, man. He's, I like that kid and he's so small. Like, I'm three of him. I mean, he can't yeah. be, but 170 at best I'm putting him. But it works for him. Hey, look, I, I give it to, I gotta say this though, give it up to Sting, bro. He worked his ass off, man. Okay, I gotta give it up to Sting. He worked his ass off. Okay, and that's the facts, man. I, I, I mean, it, it amazes me how healthy he is at his age, and like his knees are still fine, and he can still do what he wants to do. You, you can tell he can go harder than he's going, you know. He's holding back. You don't want to get hurt. But after Rollins, when he did come back, when he was working for Vince, I mean, Rollins almost killed him, dude. With yeah. That fucking windbuckle bullshit. I mean, come on. That, that's, a, that, that's a move that's saying you're going to get fucking hurt regardless. I don't care who you are. What do you think of Malachi Black now that he's got uh, Brody oh. King with him? I think they make a pretty good tag team. Fought two jobbers, but still... Yeah, I like that. Now, this Brody, did Brody have any kids when he passed away? I don't bro which Brody? Brody uh Brody Lee? Well, he passed away in Puerto Rico. Yeah, he had that little that one, yeah, he had that little kid, negative one. The little dark order guy in the mask. Yeah. That's his son. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm thinking of uh I'm not thinking, I'm thinking of, of Brody I'm thinking Lee. Of, I'm not thinking of Brody Lee. I'm thinking of uh, Bruiser Brody. Guy, Bruiser Brody. I don't think I'm, he he had kids. I don't know if he had a boy or a girl. I, I don't know. He was kind of a little bit. I didn't watch a lot with him, but if you bullet, no offense, and people are going to get mad. If you bully me in the ring and you treated me like shit, I'll stab you too. Sorry. I mean, that's it's how life works. No, he. Well, that will, that's not what went down, but regardless, uh, I had to wrestle that guy that stabbed Brody. <laughs> and I remember I scooped, I went to scoop him for a body slam, and he whispered in my ear, no, oh, he barely, he didn't speak English, really. So I just more or less sold it like I hurt my back, and I just went with it because I wasn't going to be the next one, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to remember, in Puerto Rico, bro, and this is why nobody got in trouble when he did get murdered there is because at first they thought it was a wrestling thing. You know what I'm saying? Like they really believe it there. It's really different than it is here. Uh, but yeah, he's now that guy's been in Japan working, right? That big dude. Yeah. And he did. Uh, I know he's been in pro wrestling. I know in, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, him and Malachi are a tag team, but when are they going to quit pushing the fucking Brian Pillman Jr.'s kid? They, they, those guys suck. They got the hot think, girl with them, they, but that's it. I don't think they pushed them this week. I think they crushed them this week. The, past, the past two shows I've seen him on, he's gotten destroyed. 
shut up dog well, and then the, the, the gun club, they jumped uh, Christian yesterday. It's like, the only thing I don't like about it, Billy's what? Billy's what got me pushing 60. Jack to the gills. Yeah. His two kids, they, they're they're punier, they're, they're 30 years younger, and they're not even half as big. It's, I don't get it. I heard that uh, Billy's trying to get Road Dog in so they could do the, the Road the, uh, Outlaws again, I guess. They'd get a short-term pop for that. I'd pop for it at first. Yeah. So I think that's what he's trying to do right now. Because he's got his two kids there. They're a tag team. He looks fantastic. I seen him at WrestleCade years ago, and I was like, damn. I mean, um, he's gonna, yeah, he's gotta be like four years. I'm 54. So I'm thinking he's like 58, 59, maybe. Let's look him up. Kip yes, Stop is his real name, fans. But he's in great shape. I mean, oh, he's Billy Gunn, Monty Kipsop. He is 58 years old. 58 so years old, bigger than all these 20 year old kids on the roster. It's true. Dude, I seen him in person. His skin is thin as thin, is veined out. He's in great shape. And it must be his diet, what he's eating, and he's on good shit. <laughs> And that's what it comes down to. And he's in great shape, like I said. So uh, I think that's what he's trying to do. I mean, he already got his kids a job. So I guess now if he can run with uh, the road dog, which is cool. You know, those guys were always nice to me. I had no problems with that. Uh, they always, you know, they always got the pop that you didn't know. You know, they, they knew the audience participation. It was a fun gimmick. They know how to work the crowd, man. I mean, and that's the whole idea. I mean, if you're a heel, baby face, you got to work the crowd. I don't care who you are. You they know? put Cactus Jack in the dumpster. I mean, you know. Fucking Tommy Cairo just called me up before I got on here with you. Tommy, Iron Man Tommy Cairo back in the day. He was eating peaches. <laughs> that's right. Remember that? One of my favorite yeah. promos ever. Yeah, he's like, you know. I'm not saying names. I don't want to bring anybody's names up. But he's like, you know, Gary, I got this kid. You know, he's he's a nice kid, good kid. You know, he just wants to talk to somebody. You know, he's got something wrong with him, but he's okay. You know, you really can't tell. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? I don't understand. And he's like, well, you know, everybody, I just asked and he got some, that was one of the guys or any of the guys, you know, can you just give me five minutes and just talk to this kid on the phone for five fucking minutes? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it for you. I have no problem doing that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't understand, you know, why guys are like acting like their ego is too big, you know, just to say hi to a kid for five fucking minutes doesn't take long at all. You know what I mean? So I said, of course I'll do it, Tommy, no problem. You know, I go way back with Tommy. Yeah, remember, he's original ECW, Tommy, Iron Man. You know what I mean? Eastern Championship Wrestling. Tri-State. I was in Eastern. He would, I was in Tri-State with him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, and you know, you see, we talk about it. And we're like, you know, these guys that you're asking weren't he, they weren't a part of our original group. You know what I mean? They came, they have came in later and gotten big, and now their heads are too big. And I mean, shit, man. I got a guy doing a documentary on the pit, the, the secret, the true lives of the pit bull, or something like that. He's calling it. Uh, the Life and Time of the Pit Bulls or something like that, he's calling it. It's a documentary. And just some guys, he asked, you know, a quote. Some people just don't want to do it. They just don't. You know what I mean? Like when Missy Hyatt contacted me and my partner and said, listen, I'm doing a book. Do you mind if I put a couple pictures in? Because she, she managed us a few times. Yeah. Especially when we worked for XPW. She was our manager. So we're, I said, of course. So when you open up Missy Hyatt's book, Right there inside cover is the pitbulls with her. So I had no problem doing that. You know, that got me publicity. That's how I looked at it. The thing I liked about her book was her back cover, like no, normal people's books. The greatest thing ever. What a beautiful human. It's like fucking skank, crack whore. Oh, I hate this bitch. She had like all the negative stuff printed on her sleeve. I thought that was cool. And I, I, I don't know her. I've never talked to her, but I've seen her on Twitter. She's a fucking wrestling encyclopedia, to say the least. She knows the sport very well. 
because she's been around a long time. I mean, she got you got to remember she's like almost like Fonzie era. You know, Fonzie started at seventeen. You know, driving master Saeed. Uh, one of the the guy that broke Hulk Hogan's like the Japanese. Yeah, Saido. Uh, yeah, uh, and he was driving him around all. Yeah, Masuda. Yeah, he would drive him all over Florida. You know, and that was Fonzie's job. You know, his job was to make sure. He made it to every show on time, and he got home safe. And then, like I said, one day, they were at a show, and they needed a referee. They threw the referee shirt on Fonzarelli, and Fonzie Daddy became the referee that he is today, and the manager. Always calls it down the middle. Yes. Love Fonzie. (laughs) He does, man. Nobody could have pulled that gimmick. I don't think anyone else could have pulled that gimmick off like he did. Now, when he came in ECW, I mean, I was even like, look at this guy. Like, he is annoying. Like, he is pissing me off now. (laughs) This whistle blowing, and it's just too much, you know. And I seen exactly what Paul and then Todd was thinking, you know, putting them with, you know, I'm going to put him with Sabu. I'm going to put him with RVD, and I'm going to put him with Taz. So he was with all these guys, you know, he managed them guys. And he's a good heel manager. The greatest thing he did was uh, him and Bueller, the match they had in ECW. I think was the best man versus woman, real, what a real fight or match would be like. You know what I mean? Not the suplexes, not the all these moves that they're doing now. It was a real fight, you know, and Fonzie got busted open. Bad, dude. And that's what made it what it was. And it, it was one of the best matches ever, I think. I always liked his mannerisms, too. Like, before he became a manager, when he was just the ref, when he and I don't know if everybody knows, when he'd come into the ring, because he always had a press shirt, he would hold the rope, and he would, like, wipe his feet on the, on the apron and everything. It was like, he just had everything down, like, like such a little weaselly little prick from the athletic commission. Just the little things he did were so good. I loved it when he banned the uh, the choke slam in ECW. <laughs> there will not be any more choke slams, and and then that's that night we had that match in 1995 against Raven and Stevie with the best out of three falls. And that's yeah, when he came back in and reinstated the choke slam, and then here comes nine one one and choke slammed them. Dude, that, that night was crazy, man. His dreamer got choke slam and he went, I'm gonna allow it. The choke slam is on like that. And then there comes 911, which yeah, that was that that's uh I like 911. Boy, he I would have liked to have seen more of him. Hey god, he was just such a big guy. Yeah, he was a big teddy bear, nicest guy in the world, man. I wouldn't get him mad, but he's a he's a nicest guy in the world. Yes. And Taz no sold him. Even we and Anthony, he double choke slammed us. We were happy to take it. You know, we beat the shit out of him, man. And then he fucking came up and just grabbed his boat and boom, it was over. I had no problem doing that. Taz got his kid no selling stuff. Dude, like I said, I hope you don't get that attitude, man. Because once you get that attitude, it's over. Ain't nobody going to fucking use you. You you can't have that attitude that I can't fucking lose. I can't lose. And I know for a fact, Taz had that attitude back in the day. Early back in the day. When he was just starting out. Tommy Dreamer told me. Because he went down south. He went to Tennessee with him. They went together. I guess somebody from Boston got them booked down in Tennessee and they had to do a job. And he told me, Taz was like, no. And <laughs> Tommy just looked at him and said, bro, this is the business. This is what we do. You want to get in the business, you, you're going to have to lay down for somebody. I, I guess he eventually did, but I mean, he had to do the job for me in 94 when I came in, he, back when I came back to ECW. You know, and he didn't give me a hard time about it. I mean, he was actually pretty cool about it. He was still the Tasmanian devil then. 
you know, they didn't really switch them to Taz yet. They were starting to like once once I dropped the strap and he interfered and we kept our gimmick going a little longer. I mean, we went we had a nice six seven month run, I think, me and Taz for a little bit, and it was cool because. And I always, I always would bring it up, especially when I cut promos later on in time, like a couple of years later. I'd say, don't, when he was Taz, I'd be like, listen, Taz, when you were the Tasmaniac, I whooped your ass one, two, three in the middle of the ring. And you could just see in his eyes. Fuming. You know what I mean? Because he, he wants that stuff to be thrown away. He don't want nobody to remember that. You know, but I reminded everybody. But I was healing it, and he was over like a motherfucker. So... Me and oh. Ant were just healed at that time. So he was the he was the reason that I got into ECW, and it was because I would have to get the tapes. They didn't air it here, and it was it was November. It's coming up on November. Remember, and Survivor Series was coming up, and Bret Hart was going to fight Diesel. And I remember Bret Hart cut this promo, and he's like, "Coming after you, you big dummy." And I was like, "What the fuck is?" It? And then I watched Taz do the heel turn. You motherfucker, I seen a better head come out of a fucking zipper. Fuck you. And I was like, shit, this is the way to go, right? One guy's saying dummy. This guy's dropped nine F-bombs in two minutes. And Fonzie's sitting there sitting, you know, he's like, I'll choke you out and he'll take you down. I was like, fuck, this guy's awesome. And I became yeah. a I became a Tazmark because I'm a judo guy. So I be I, I would like, God, there's a lot of judo throws the way he incorporated it. But in my mind, I always yeah, like when I would get tough. Yeah. Now, when I did the loop with him, he would throw me all over the place, dude. He had all kinds of fucking throws. And he, he was good at it, but sometimes he, he couldn't get me over all the way. You know, and I have to, you know, I'm laying like this, man. Like, my forearms are breaking my fall. Finally, I was just like, yo, bro, you know, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but you're not getting me over. So you got to change your, you got to change your finish. Cause I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of you throwing me on my head. I, I straight up told him. Uh, that's when he came up with that submission. Katahajime. Katahajime, whatever fucking call it. I don't even Put know. You, if, if he locked it for real, you go to sleep in about 10 seconds. It's, I mean, it's a legitimate hold. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, hook oh, no, does it. Yeah, it's a shoot hold. I mean, I yeah. could always tell, though, when he would do it, he wouldn't have anything. He would never have it locked. You know, he did it the wrestling way, but it was like, yeah, that's just like if you put an ankle lock on somebody, it's in about three seconds. Not like when angle would have it holding on you for, you know, two minutes. It's, uh, no, 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 no. no. The shamrock gonna, yeah, they're going to do a real submission hold on you and you're going to tap quick, man. There's no doubt about it. You know, that's what There's I no, thought was. But was that's bad. what wrestling's about, man. Telling the story, you know, it's like, like you want to tap, but you don't want to tap yet. You know what I'm saying? It's like your hands here and the refs checking it. But like I said, uh, hook's good. He just they got to you got to learn how to work. So I mean, I, it's great they're giving him experience, but I mean, I, I like when uh, Ronda Rousey, who I was never a big UFC fan of Ronda, but if she put you in the armbar. You know, it meant about two seconds when she did that mixed tag match at WrestleMania. She had Stephanie McMahon in that fucking thing for two minutes. So that made Stephanie the baddest woman on the planet right there. But uh, I always thought that was kind of weird. Rhonda has a hundred different ways she could put you in an arm bar. Okay. A hundred different ways to put you in an arm bar. So. And if you get in a real arm bar, you're going to tap or you're going to break your fucking arm, man. You, you, you got about two seconds to reverse it. That's all you have. You don't even have that. If you don't have a, like, if in our, in our business, this is our safety gimmick, you know, to, to make it seem like we're saving our ass. And then eventually he pulls it. You got to fucking either grab the rope or tap right there if you want to make it look legit. But you know as well as I do, Soon as they lock that on you, hey, I've tapped a million times, man. Guys put me in an arm bar, I tap quick. I don't want to blow my bicep, rip my shoulder out. Fuck no. Yeah, you're not. That's why, just like when uh, when Russo was in WCW and he fought Ric Flair, stupid shit. No wonder that company closed. 
and Flair had him in the figure four. Russo was in that figure four for like three, four minutes because they were waiting for the blood gimmick to drop. It was like a miscue. So Vince Russo is the man that lasted in the figure four longer than anybody. And they wonder really? why the company closed down. They always do that kind of crap. I, 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 was, actually, I was watching some old stuff from T, T, was it TNA when uh, the chick was running it. Oh, Dixie. Oh, she was so hot. But I mean, from see, I took time off in 2000. Like, I took like a couple of years off. I didn't follow anything. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And now I look back and see all the shit that was happening. And I was like, yeah, I don't remember that. That yeah, was pretty much it. They were just redoing ECW stuff. That's what I was told. That's what I noticed because Raven was there and they were just doing all kinds of shit. And they had the Dudleys and Dreamer and Snow and. I always thought Dixie was hot. I didn't think she was like good on the camera, but I I like looking at her, and she was rich, hot and rich. Yeah, they own uh, her. Yeah, her family owned an electric company. Yeah, they were. uh, Yeah, a lot of money, dude. She's got a lot of. But wasn't she messing around a lot of guys then? I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that from a handful. I cannot confirm. I'd mess around with her. I got no shame in admitting that she was knockout. I'd mess around with Stephanie right now. Actually, when everybody says how Triple H was always, oh, he was sleeping with Stephanie to get to power. Uh, see, I got him one up. I'd start fucking Linda. That's where the money is. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get the uh, money, you go to Linda. You fuck Stephanie. <laughs> uh, no, nah, you're right. Linda's got the pants. Because Vince, the hell yeah. I think, yeah. I think Vince is getting senile. Yeah. I mean, he's still in great shape. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying nothing negative, but I just think his head, you know, is starting to. He's got to pass the torch. What's he gonna do? Is he gonna pass the torch? Like his father would, would his father would have choked him out if he knew he was getting in the ring and wrestling back in the day. Okay, his that's why his father made him a ring announcer because he didn't want him to be a wrestler. He wanted him to be a boss. You know, but he had to get in the business and, you know, I guess to make more angles, but I guess they made money off the gimmicks they did. You know, I'm sure Shane O'Mac made money. I'm sure Stephanie made money. I'm sure Vince made money, but it's just getting old, bro. What are they doing with Seth Rollins, man? I mean, I don't understand why. And then they're letting all these, did they just let McIntyre go? No, he's still there. But they're thinking okay. now that Finn Balor might be leaving. It was like he's a little guy too, but God, he's so talented. AEW, AEW go take him too. He'll go. He was already in the lead anyway in Japan, so yeah. he worked for New Japan anyway. So he's in that clique. He will go right to AEW with no problem, or he'll say fuck everybody and get to go back to New Japan. That's the money right there. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, that's why I don't know what Str- Braun Strowman's waiting for. He should be in Japan right now getting fucking paid. I don't understand what, why he's not there. I don't get that. I think he sucks. That's my opinion. I don't know. Might be the nicest guy in the world. Might save kids from burning houses. But when you can flip over an ambulance and yet you can't pin the guy the next week, you look like shit. That's not his fault, man. That's the, that's that that's what I would explain to my girl. Me and my girl were actually talking about this last night. That you know they got people writing stories, storylines, and these people who are writing storylines are are not wrestling people. They're people that worked for the soap opera back in the day. It it doesn't make sense. So of course all these storylines they're making doesn't make any freaking sense to me. You know, like what happened. I mean, I haven't been watching Vince, Vince, Vince's stuff that much. So it's no, like, what happened, to, what happened to the guy with the guitar? Elias. Elias. Oh, he ain't been now around in a while. Guy, well, now I see another guy with an electric guitar. I don't understand this. What's that about? Vince loves them guitars, boy. Yeah, Honky Tonk, Double J. Everybody has a guitar in that company. Well, because they like to smash guitars on people's heads. I mean, it's an old gimmick. It's always been... Load it up with the powder, it explodes. It looks nice. Yeah, New Jack used to do that all the time. New Jack would actually play it. He'd go like, 
Oh, no, you play it and break it over your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vince likes to rehash a lot of stuff. I mean, we've seen about 40 Honky Tonk Mans, 30, 40 this, you know, he he, he knows what he likes. Rick he Rude. Do it, you did Rick Rude with Val Venus, and then they tried to get Bobby. They tried to get Bobby Rude to do it, and I don't think he was for it. He was like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I don't think he wanted to do it, and I, I agree with him. I wouldn't have done it either. Rick Root had the nicest abs I've ever seen in my life. There was Better only bodybuilder. Just so you know, he wasn't really a bodybuilder. He was a professional arm wrestler, champion. Okay. And I don't care what anybody says, there's only one Rick Root. That motherfucker could bump like a motherfucker and make, if he was able to make the road warrior or the ultimate warrior, sorry, the ultimate warrior over. Mm-hmm. That's a worker, okay? Because all he did, because the ultimate warrior couldn't work a lick. No. And he made him look like a fucking superstar. In that they had 30, 40-minute matches, and they were good. And Rick, what did Rick do? Bump his ass off, bro. <laughs> that's what heels do. That's what, that's what being a heel is, man, is taking bumps. Making that guy look like a superhero, man. What do you think of the? Have you heard the honky tonk man Rick Rude story? Nah, but I've heard honky tonk cut promos. He's pretty blunt. So Rude had a heart attack. They think uh, probably some steroids or something. You know, I don't. He had a heart attack. Believe it that the honky tonk man tells it that Rick Rude uh, from steroid abuse lost his penis. Like it fell off. He had no dick. And he couldn't yeah. take it, and he couldn't take it anymore. So he killed himself. He OD'd himself because he didn't have a dick anymore. And I'm not paraphrasing. This is what came out of Honky's mouth a few years back. Do you think there's any truth to that? You think his dick didn't work, or he didn't have a dick, and he murdered, killed himself, or do you think he just? No, I knew he had a dick because I would see him going into the Holiday Inn <laughs> with a VCR and a bag about 20 porno fucking videos. In it. So. You had to have something if he's looking at pornos. <laughs> you don't think his so, was you don't think he killed himself. Honky swears he, he murdered himself because nah, well, he couldn't. There's function. a lot of stories about Rick Rude where he stuck his syringe. Syringe in his dick. I've well, heard he, that one too. One, listen, at one time he did shoot they, before Viagra and Cialis and all this shit that's out today. They had this stuff where you get in a syringe that you just hit your cock with it and uh, it's over, man. You got a lifesaver for about two days, I guess. Jesus. And what happened to Rick, I heard, was he took that and he got fucking hard, but it wouldn't go down. <laughs> so he had to like literally get on a plane to fly home. And it still ain't going down. So next thing you know, he's sitting there and he's putting ice, big bags of ice on his cock to get it down. That's what I had. That's one story that I did here. But no, he. I think he accidentally OD'd and it was in his son's bathroom, which sucks. That's not cool at all. So I don't know what, I don't know. I guess Honky Talk may, may have made that up. Maybe he has a problem with him, but I think Honky uh, would I don't, I don't stay relevant. You know, Honky would make up a lot of shit about a lot of people, I think, just to stay relevant. I liked Honky Tonk, man. I was a mark for him when I was a kid. He's, he's a smart man. I mean, he's still in the business to this day. He, he admits he, he even... i seen an interview where he admits I did steroids. Everybody did yeah. because I did them. He goes, everybody did them. Especially my run when I had the Intercontinental title. He said, I had that fucking shit. Every, everybody was hitting it. I mean, when I was there in 89 and 88, just to do those job matches, I mean, I seen crazy, like you thought ECW uh, fucking, our locker room was crazy. Dude, it was night and day, man. Those guys were making bank. So they had anything they wanted, bro. Anything. I mean, it was insane. I'd walk in a bathroom and, and every stall was full. Guys hitting each other in the ass with juice. Guys walking around hundred dollar bills in their ear, you know what that is. I mean, everybody was part. I had a long fingernail. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. But we were young, so I—I I mean, I knew what they were doing. I just 
I kept my mouth shut and just did what I had to do. I mean, hey, we were on the board. That's all that mattered, man. We, we looked up there and there our name was. That was the match and that's the time. And that's all we cared about, you know, was getting that experience. That's all I did. That's all I cared about. I, at, that time, at that time, I think I was only smoking a little bit of Bud maybe and maybe drinking a little bit back then. Like I said, we were young, man. Before Billy Jack Haynes went, well, it disappeared. No one's seen or heard from that guy in a few years. But when he was doing his little crazy rants, he said that at WrestleMania, they had a whole table full of cocaine. And he was like, and everybody took the cocaine. And you, Vincent Killer McMahon, you did the cocaine too. Because, you know, Billy, Billy Jack Haynes is nuts. Or he's a hell of a work, right? And figured out what you want. But yeah, he was saying there was like a whole I table full of blow. And they were all just taking their turns with it. It was good for them. Yeah, fuck yeah. I heard Vince likes the can and did the fucking Mally Wally, man. Mary Jane. Nothing wrong, with, nothing wrong with blow. If you had a table full of blow in front of me, I'd help myself. Back in the 90s, bro, absolutely. I wouldn't touch it today because I, I don't trust it. It'd be like back in the day, where you had the whole pile and you just put your head in it. Love it. <laughs> if you could afford that and you can do it, God bless you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I know like a lot of other people that uh, you know, they got into that shit. I mean, you can get it for free and you don't have to pay for it. That's the best thing. You know? But if you got to pay for that shit, don't expect to have money later. You're going to be broke. No, when I was in the, the early 90s, I liked it, but I couldn't afford it, so I never developed a habit. I was that guy that would, hey, what do you got? That was that guy, you know, that would sponge. But... Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't you were have, the thorn. You were yeah. the thorn in my ass. I couldn't afford that <laughs> shit. That's nowadays it's cheap. Like, nowadays you'd be getting baby laxative mixed with angel dust for all you know. Dude, I'd be afraid it'd have fentanyl in it or something and kill you, man. There's no way. There's no freak. I mean, I've had people right in front of me put it out there, and I, I said, no, thank you, man. You know, I appreciate it, but no thanks. You know, I mean, I'm not judging them. It's just that. I don't trust it nowadays. And if I'm going to do it, I want to do good shit. I don't want to do stuff that's going to make me do it and then go take a shit in 10 seconds. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> they got baby laxatives in it. Oh, yeah. You know? I always remember the story. You know what's you know what funny? You know, I'll tell you what's funny about that shit. I could smell that. I wouldn't even have to do it. Just smelling it would put me right into the bathroom. No bullshit. Okay, that's the truth. You know what I mean? So I know for a fact, man, like that's why my friends, my boys would never cut their shit. So I always knew I had good shit. Even glass, man. You can see it. I wonder why they never did a gimmick where a guy was like a Coke dealer. I know. I, I thought that's what they were doing, Razor Ramon back in the day. Yeah, because he was the Scarface <laughs> character. He had the Scarface character. I was just waiting for him to come up with a promo and have white powder all over his face. It would have been great. <laughs> it would have been Caddy awesome. Caddy and everything, man. That was I, I was a mark for I loved that gimmick. As soon as I saw him, I was like, this dude's fucking Scarface. What the? But it was God. It worked. It was so good. He was so good at it. Really? The uh, You talk about Scarface the movie? Yeah, and Razor had it down pat. He did. So that's why Perfect. I don't know why they never pushed, especially the attitude era. They, they could have pushed it. You know what I mean? Especially in 98, dude. Everybody was still doing blow over there, dude. Because I was in there. I was there in 98. I remember. They were still partying. Everybody was still partying. They just had to keep a low profile. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was in the 80s where nobody cared. They'd walk around and they didn't care what anybody said. You know, because nobody was doing it. You know, a movie I watched the other day for the first time, it escaped me for two years. Oh. I, I finally watched <laughs> The Irishman. Oh, did you watch it? What did yeah, you think? Yeah, it was, it was, it was That's what everybody said. It was, it was three everybody. and a half hours. It's like, yeah, out of all the mob movies, it's probably my least favorite, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I wasn't, I was, I didn't, I, I felt the same way. I, I was expecting something a lot better, like, you know, Casino or those other movies that were so good. Uh, Bronx Tales, another one. That was a great one. 
Uh, Donnie Brasco was awesome. But yeah, they just couldn't. Even that movie they did after Sopranos. Oh, the City Saints of Newark. That's totally wrong, dude. Everything about that is so wrong, it's not even funny. Believe really? me, I gotta hear that. I hear this from the Italian guys at the pizzeria in Florida, bro. This day, Uncle Charlie, what's the Uncle Uncle Charlie we call him? Uncle Charles, we call him. He gets pissed. You bring up the Sopranos movie, he snaps out. Oh, goes, I liked it. He had everything fucking wrong. It was all fucking wrong. Because he hung out with all them guys, man, back in the day. It, it was so wrong. They're, they're, I don't know why they're butchering these movies nowadays, man. I enjoyed that movie. I'm not going to lie. I reviewed it. I thought it was good. What's that? The Many Saints of Newark, the Sopranos movie. I liked it. I, I, a lot of people liked it, but it, but like I said, the Italian guy down here, they snap out, man. They're like, that's so wrong. They made it wrong. They didn't tell you the truth and all this shit. Well, you'd be surprised how many Italian people from New York live down here. It's a nice place oh. to retire. Nice place going to retire. relocation. Nice place to hide. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, Henry Hill, um, he was here. And where I live, I mean, I didn't yeah. know them, but that last shot of uh, in Goodfellas when he's like, "Yeah, now you got to eat like a schnook and all that." Yeah, it was. He was <laughs> like just a, a like a matter of like ten minutes away from where I live. It was like, God, if I would have only known that back then, I would have turned his ass in and got that money. Fucking he's rat. like, I can't even put a half decent fucking plate of pasta. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> God, I got some noodles and here TV on it. Nice. Hey, that guy. He was a fucking mess. He was a rat. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't want his life. No, I would have turned If I would have known, like, when I was a kid, if I didn't, I would have turned him in. I'd taken that mob money. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean... They what happened? What surprises me, man, it drives me crazy is they they hide, but then they still get in trouble again. You know what I'm saying? It's like it never fails, man. Uh, perfect example is uh, what's his name that turned in God that turned on Gotti, Sammy the Bull. Sammy the Bull. I mean, he cannot stay out of fucking trouble. They give him a break. He goes out. What do they do? They bust him with a million fucking hits of acid or mescaline or something like that. They got him. Yeah, but would you go trying to collect a hit on him, though? No. Yeah. Yeah. Henry Hill, yeah, I'd go after Sammy the Bull. No. No, he's a killer. Dude, those guys are killers, man. They get like the Iceman. They get paid the fucking. That's how he made a fucking living. And that's how he's. That's why. If you notice serial killers and people who do that, they live two different lives. They have their family life, and then they have their murdering life or their job life. That brings in the cash. And they try to keep it separate. You can't, especially if you're doing something like that, you cannot let your wife and family know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me, hon, I'm going to leave the dinner table. It's Christmas. I got to go drive down the street and blow this guy's fucking head off. I'll be right back. So keep eating, no problem. You can't do that, you know? I remember when that Iceman, that Iceman guy, Konklinski, when that first aired, he was like, yeah, I was chewing garlic, yeah. I, was, I went and killed that guy, and I went back, put the Christmas presents together for my daughter. It was like, no, no fucking expression. It was like, Jesus Christ, this guy is no, listen, He has no emotion, bro. He is ice. That's why they call him the Iceman, because he's fucking ice cold. He even hates his own fucking brother. They're in the same prison and they may walk by each other once in a blue moon and he'll just go, yo, that's it. You know, you don't, you can't be friends with him because he ends up killing his friend. You know, and that's how, that's what he does is because he, he, his idea was I'm not leaving nothing behind to get me. I want to make sure everybody who helped me is gone. And he would have walked away with everything. If he didn't freeze that body, bro, it would have been a long time before they caught him. And that's the honest, my honest opinion. If he, he made the mistake by freezing that body and then throwing it out in the summertime, 
thinking that it was going to melt really fast. And when a body gets solid frozen like that, it doesn't melt fast. It takes seven days, five, seven days to thaw out, especially if it's frozen solid. And that body was frozen for two years. And that's how they snagged him. Because he was with that guy who was reported missing. And there he is, frozen. The cops found him frozen. That's what fucked everything up. And they were afraid of him. They were so afraid of uh, the Iceman that they blocked off his whole block. Like he had, he, had, he lived in a cul-de-sac. So once you're in there, you can't get out. You got to go back the same way. So once they knew he got home, they just barricaded that whole place. Like he, there was no way anybody was going to get in their car and get out of there that night. And they, instead of going to the house, because they knew how he was, he, pro, he, he always said this. I mean, if you threatened his family, he killed you right on the spot. Or he'll kill you in, within minutes. You'll be dead that day. Put it that way. You will make it to the next day. If you threaten his family, he will get you. Okay? That's a fucking fact. And that's how it was. And by him being that way, the police, state police were so fucking afraid of him. They knew he was going to take motherfuckers out. He's a fucking killer. And he's not a little guy. He's a big motherfucker, dude. He's a big man. And uh, they were scared. They sat there and waited for him to come up in his car. He stopped, put in park, and he was just like, they got me. I mean, what am I going to do? Fight? I can't fight out of this. And he gave up, you know, and they took him. He's in solitary, bro. They can't even put him in the population. He'll, anybody they put in a in a fucking bunk with him, the next day he's dead. You know, he'll, he'll grab you by your head and just snap your fucking neck right off. That's how strong. That's the kind of killer he is. And he's I liked him because of the fact that he didn't like making a mess. You know what I mean? He was like, if I could just walk by somebody and sneeze, you know. He came in nightclubs in Philadelphia dressed as a woman to go after people that whack. And he would put cyanide in a drink. And he would walk around and act like a goofy guy who wants to be a chick. And most people would look at him and be like, what the fuck? You know, stay away from this guy. But the guy that he's looking for, he's going to bump into that guy. And that's what he would do. He'd bump into the guy, pour the cyanide right on the guy's clothes. It would go right right through his clothes, into his skin, into his pores, dead, heart attack, just like that, that fast. And if you're not looking for cyanide, it's not going to come up, okay? You're just going to say he had a heart attack and died, you know? And that's what, if you're in a hurry and you're not, and you're, you're doing an autopsy and you really don't care, you're not, you know, you just want to find out quick, you know, it's, it's going to come up heart attack, you know? You have to look for it to find him. So that was his gimmick, you know what I mean? Like then the guy that helped him, Mr. Softy had the ice cream truck. He was a Vietnam vet. So he was an explosive expert. That's what he did in Vietnam, man, was set up bombs and uh, and take bombs apart. You know, that was his job. So that's why he got into the cyanide and he got into blowing cars up and blowing people up because it was like, hey, you know, I could be across town and the car goes off. I'm not even in the area. So that's, that's what he ended up doing. He perfected his profession. He started off with just being, he'd pull up next to a guy in the car, roll his passenger window down, be like, beep the horn. The guy would look at him, roll his window down. He'd pull a moss burl up 560 and go, boom, you know, blow the guy's head clean off his shoulders. And then he would roll his window up and drive right, right away. And that guy would be sitting there at that stop, at that red light and not moving. And he's gone. He's mixed in with traffic by then. He's disappeared, bro. You ain't finding him now. No way. That's what he did. He did that on the Christmas Eve, man. Yeah, I remember him talking about that. Yeah, he was proud of that one. I, I do got to ask you on a lighthearted note. What was the name of your Italian friend that said you, you, they got everything wrong? What do you guys call him? Uncle what? Oh, Uncle Charlie. Does Uncle Charlie agree that the greatest Italian in history is J.T. Smith? 
Oh, has, has he seen the FBI? Is that what you're asking? I mean, yeah, I mean, does he think you're that there's the not gap. a more full-blooded Italian than J.T. Smith? Because when J.T. would oh, sing no. Frank Sinatra, if my eyes were closed, I thought I was listening to an Italian man. <laughs> I don't... Uh, Unc, he hasn't seen that yet. I don't know. I think he would probably laugh and think it was funny. That's how he is. He laughs and thinks it's funny. It was funny. The fact that it was J.T. Smith and was it Tommy Rich? Oh, yeah. That, Bro, that's I mean, what made it. I loved, let me tell you something. Working with those guys, the FBI was fucking a night off. I loved it. And, you know, it was great because, I mean, we'd have a great match and we build, and Tommy Rich could build up so much heat that he'd pop up at the end of the match and we'd bip him right off the apron and the place would go fucking crazy, dude. It would go crazy. So it was interesting working them guys. I loved it, man. And why they had to. Why didn't Paul ever bring in because the Iron Sheik? Because that was Tommy Rich's friend. Because then you could have like is the full blooded Iranians. Like, no, it's the full blooded Italian Sheik. It, the promos would have been gold. I never even thought of that. That's a good idea, man. That was a, that's a good one there. That would have been a pop, especially the Iron Sheik. Call Hulk Hogan up here. Get him. Come to ECW. Because he always does. You fucking jabroni, yeah. fucking piece. He's on Twitter. I don't know if it's him or somebody doing it, but always be like, fucking the president and fucking you, Hulk Hogan, you fucking jabroni. <laughs> it's just nonsense, but it's funny to read. He's insane, bro. Oh, and he, did, he, he did win a gold medal in the Olympics. So that's a shoot. He can stretch you. And I love the new guy that plays him in uh, Young Rock. Oh, he, look, he looks a lot like him. He does. When he was young, he does. He does. I've seen uh, those clubs. No way in fucking hell could I do that with those. And those things dude, are heavy, too. Better have some strong fucking forearms, bro. Okay. Bob Backlund could do it. Yeah. Yeah. I know people that can do it. You just have to practice. Train and practice it, practice and practice. I was working a sledgehammer today. I had a good time. I guess I don't have anything else to say this week. Do you? No, I just want people to fucking. Uh, I, I, I hope Taz just pulls Hook back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Let him get some more experience. You know what he's getting. I understand that, but uh, I just don't want his head to get this big. You see what I'm saying? He's got to have a good attitude, man. You know, and knowing Taz, he's going to make him be the next Bill Goldberg, and he's not. <laughs> you know? As a one, he ain't got the size of Bill Goldberg. No. So, let's be real a little bit. If you're going to do something, put him in an angle. Let him lose a little. Let him take, get him, get him, get a beat. Let him get a good beat down, man. And then let him come back. I'll even give him a little bit more respect. I think the fans will give him more respect. And I'm glad Moxie's back. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Cowboy shit's got the belt and he should keep it for a little while. I don't think he should drop it anytime soon. I think they should let him ride that sucker for a while. Just like Kenny Omega did. He had it for a while. Six uh, months minimum. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys coming up that are going to – they have a lot of talent over there, bro. They got to get more belts. Yeah, I want a television title over there, man. Get a TV title. And a six-man tag team title. Everybody's in a gang. You might as well. You got all these groups. I don't see why you could. I haven't seen that belt since the Road Warriors days. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, me and my friend were actually talking about that. They should do another six-man belt. Like the Freebird. Yeah, you have Freebird rules where you can switch, too. Yeah. They might as well. They have the talent. You know, they have a lot of people over there working. So, you know, get a television title. I mean, that'd be good for MJF right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Cut an unbelievable promos. So put the TV title on him. That's what I would do. But not my call. I'm not there, bro. (laughs) Yeah, they don't ask me either. No. But... We'll see what happens. I, you know, I'm interested in why I watch the show. 
Uh, what happened now? They I thought they were going to be on every Saturday night. No, nah, it was just a special. Just still the Wednesday and Friday thing. Why won't they do a Saturday though? I think they would. Do, you don't think they would do good on Saturday? I'd be. I think it would do good on. What the fuck else are you going to watch on Saturday? There's nothing else that me and my girl talk about. There's nothing else on fucking television. No, there's not. Not on Saturday. It's a dead day. That's what I'm saying. It's like I think it'd be perfect. I, I remember when Vince's show was on a Saturday. It was. I used to watch. Everybody used to watch. Yes, five oh five, the soup, the mother station. I watched it every weekend. Crazy man, but yeah, thanks for coming out this weekend and checking us out. We're just shooting the shit. Uh, keep watching and following, motherfuckers. We like it. Peace.